Welcome to Preach the Word Podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. We have a special episode with a sermon by Brother Ronnie Baker, November 3rd, 2021. His scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 3, and he shares with us about learning more about the love of God. Brother Baker has always had a very special way of walking through the scripture and leading the listener to learn something new and exciting. And I know he'll be a blessing to you today as we listen, as Brother Baker shares with us about learning more about the love of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 14. And uh, probably stop at verse through verse 19. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Believe the word of God, don't you? You know, I don't know the congregation that was here years ago or for before when this church was another church, another group, but I am glad that uh, we got homeless folks in here now. All right. And uh, they may have been, I don't know. Uh, I was offered to join a denomination when I was, actually a couple of them when I was young, but I never did join anything. You probably could tell it, never was organized. And, uh, we throw away a lot of stuff when we come unorganized. Some things we should, well, okay, I don't get sidetracked on that. But I am glad that I'm holding this. I'm glad I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. All right. And I'm glad. I want to know more about Him. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going to be dealing tonight, if the Lord will help me, about the love of God. I'm going to be dealing about us knowing more about that. And when we come around this altar, when we go to the altar service, we come around this altar tonight. I want to know more about his love. Oh. I want to understand more with all of you. Yes. I want to know more about Jesus. Don't you? Yes. Amen. Let's read the word of God. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Now, Paul's going to pray here. He says that's what he's going to do, or he's doing. He bows his knees. He has a prayer, and he, this is going to be the prayer that he's going to pray for us. That you know, I, I think pastors pray for their churches like this. We want them to know more about Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, no matter what else I know, I'd like to know more about Jesus. Yes. And this, this book that we use called the Bible is full of Christ all the way from Genesis through Revelation. Amen. It is a revealing to us of him and his power and his love. And love is an attribute of God. 
Right. And for you to love, there has to be an object. Yes. So right. God never was alone. All right. As one person, if He's a God, if he, if He is love. Yes. It had to be somebody else. All right. My wife was reading this morning. Was it this morning or yesterday morning? And she got. She said, Ronnie, come here. I'll ask you something. And she said that she read me a scripture over there. And, uh, I think it was in Second John. Little John said in Second John, and talked about uh, something about the witness of two or the about the, who has the son has the father also. Yeah. And she said, What are you? What about that? And I said, Well, you think about becoming Trinity or something? <laughs> and uh, she said, What do they do with that? And I said, Dude, They've had a revelation. Yeah. That's what they always say. People that don't want to believe Trinity has had a revelation because the Bible's full of Trinity. Yes. Full of Trinity. Yes. And uh, she's, of course, I, I told her, I said, well, Jesus told him in John chapter 8 that the witness of two. And he said, my father, not only I witness, but my father witnesses of me. Yes, yes. And the witness of two stands. Yes. Not the witness of one, one, not the one, 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 but two stands. So praise Amen. God. And I'm glad that. Well, let me, get, let me get into this. If I could, just for a few minutes. I'll try not to be long. I normally don't preach long, so I'll see what happens here. Uh, the love of Christ, the love that Christ has for this world, I cannot, I really cannot totally understand how they, there could be so much love to a sorry, good-for-nothing, sinful world that hates God, would send his son to die at Calvary, and that son be willing to go to Calvary and die for your sins. My sins, while we were still sinners, enemies, Christ died for us. So you know it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to get a hold of that, really. Yeah. And I've been I've been studying a lot over in Romans chapter three, twenty three, part of the Romans road. I've been studying that just that one verse uh, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and and we have. Everybody, everybody. If you say you have no sin, you're a liar. You're not, the truth's not in you. Man. So we've all sinned and come short. But God's grace, God's mercy, and God saves us. And and really, when He saves us, that word there, that salvation, justifies. That's what it means, justified. And for Him to justify means it's so we never sin. Right. And so He literally forgives us for Christ's sake. So the righteousness that I have is not my righteousness, but it's righteousness of Christ by faith in Jesus Christ. And so here, the, talk about the love of God. Let's get into this if we can. And he said I, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I don't know how rich God is. All right. Do you? I have no idea. Somebody asked me one time, you know, what I was worth. I had to fill out a, a deal years ago of my worth to get a house, and uh, I was totally shocked. I was sold out. I mean, I had no idea it was worth, you know, that, that amount, which was very little, but uh, sounded big to me. And I never knew I was worth that. So what is God worth? What The riches. Now, if I was to get, if I was a multi, of course, nowadays, billionaire or whatever, trillionaire, if I was a multi-millionaire and I gave you $10, That'd be a gift to, to you. It'd be of my riches. It would be of my, but according to my riches. All right. If I was to give you a million dollars, 
that would be according to my riches. All right. Because I got plenty to give and I don't mind sharing with someone else. So according to the riches of his glory, he wants us to be strengthened yes. in the inner man. Yes. You know, the Bible talked about though the outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. You can still have the fire of God. Of course, you guys don't have anybody that's old here. You, I guess kind of probably the oldest people in the building. That don't sound good. <laughs> but when you when you get old, you have the fire. You All still right. you may not can run as fast. You may not can jump as high. You may not can shout as long. You may not can sing as long. But you still have the same fire as you've always had. Right. Brother Charles Barnett preached his last camp meeting. Was it May this year? Hey. This year, he's 87 years old. Now he's in heaven, but he preached a camp meeting. You don't have to quit just because you get old. Of course, you all ain't going to understand that part. But we have this in the inner man. What I have on the inside, outside gets old, but the inside never gets old. It's renewed day by day. And he wants us to be stronger inside than we are outside. John, John told that little sister, he said that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. Yes. He wants us to be healthy as our soul is healthy. I wonder how much that would be if we was to see that tonight. So the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Uh -huh. That ye being rooted yes. And grounded, uh -huh. and let me see if I'm good. That dwell in your hearts. You know, when God dwells with you, it's that word there. That word there is telling us that that He's comfortable at your house. That's right. That's right. Be at home. He, he's at home at your house. When God, when God came down here to see the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, and two angels came with Him, when Christ came down to see that, He went to Abraham's tent. Right. He sat down yes, he did. with Abraham. That's right. He ate with Abraham. Amen. Him and two angels. But when he went to Sodom to Lot's house, he only sent the two angels. Right. He didn't feel welcome no. at Lot's house, right. but he was welcome at his friend's house. Yes. I want that to be my life. I want to have God dwelling in my heart. I want that He may, let's see if I'm reading that right, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. I want Christ dwelling in my heart. Don't you? And she being rooted, and that, that's a that's a, a plant or a tree that goes down deep. There's there's more to the, the depth of it. It's more to the uh well. I don't know how to say it. You're only going to flourish. You can only tell how somebody's doing by by the root system. Uh -huh. Because we got trees in Oklahoma that some of us not so deep. Of course, we got smaller trees than you have. But we have trees in Oklahoma that's not. And some of the root systems don't. Well, when we suffered this summer, we had quite a drought up there. Yeah. And instead of a pretty fall like we should be having. We've got a lot of just dead leaves. They die, but they're not changing colors because they didn't have the water supply. They want root. If you're deep in Christ, you can live through drought. Yes. You can live through famine. Yes. You can still have the victory when, when somebody's president that you are not poor. You can still have the victory when Congress is all backslid. You can still have the victory when the world is falling apart. You can still have God if you're rooted in Christ. Where is your where is your establishment? If you're if you're 
roots are in your bank account, if your roots are in your property that you own, then you're, you're in, you've got them planted in the road. You're rooted in the wrong place. But if you're rooted in Christ, all these other things doesn't matter. You've got him. And then he said, and you're grounded. That's, that's uh, architectural foundation. Yeah. One, one preacher or one preacher was going to build a, a new, well, that's actually going to build a new building or in the process of building and permits cost of a fortune. I can tell you some churches just now going through that. That cost them thousands, 50,000 or whatever, just to get the permits and get the testing of the soil and get the, uh, just get pre prepared to start building. And they was, and they was, uh, and they was months that went by and they're still in the foundation stages. And that pastor was just nervous wreck. He said, and he finally asked one of the builders, said, what is going on? What are we, what, when are we going to build? And that, that uh, constructed man told him, he said, sir, unless we go deep, we cannot go high. Well, you're not going to be able to go up unless you can go down. Yes. We needed to be rooted. We need to be grounded yes. in Jesus Christ. Yes. Your whole foundation, he is the chief cornerstone. You must build. He that built a house on the sand, what happened? It fell. But he that built on the rock, it stood. I want to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Don't you? Yes. I really do. I want to be rooted and grounded in him. That, and then he said, and may be able, or no, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend or understand to get a hold of with all saints. I want my whole church to be rooted in Jesus Christ and his love. What is the breadth? How wide is the love of God? How, how deep is the love of how long is the love of God? How deep is the love of God? How high is the love of God? How, where, what is the reaching point? How, how far does it reach? How far does God's love extend? All right. Can it reach to your love when it's lost? Yes, it can. Can it reach? Uh, when Jesus died at Calvary, so somehow, don't ask me to explain all this, but when Jesus died at Calvary, his forgiveness, his redemption, his justification was able to cover all sin. All the way back. Amen. Yes, That's why when David sinned two sins that could not be forgiven under the law, the law could not do it in that it was weak. Brother Wyatt said that David prayed his way through a thousand years of time, planted his feet at Calvary, and claimed the benefits of Calvary a thousand years before Christ died. Jesus, there's no, there's no, there's no explaining. The, the depth of the power that Christ in, in His forgiveness has in shedding His blood, the, it reaches all the way. If you was to go to eternity past, or go all the way back to the end of time, beginning of time, and look over the fence, all you're going to see is God's love. It still goes back. God was there before eternity, before time ever began. And if you could go forward, if you could go this other way and look over the fence into eternity future, you still see God and God's love. Brother, there's angels right now around the throne of God saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Brother, Jesus Christ has power to save the lost. There's no, there's no, he's got more salvation than this world has sin. 
He has more healing than this world has sickness. Right? Christ has got the power. I want you to understand. Paul's praying. He's on his knees. Oh God, give my church the knowledge that Jesus Christ loves them. He's with them. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Man died, good friend of mine. Bless you. I was scheduled to preach his funeral. He's a precious brother, Lowell Utter. Passed away early, 47 years old. Yeah. And uh, his wife said, Well, Lowell's gone. I said, Where is he? Yeah. She said, Well, I, you know, he's in heaven. I said, Well, yeah, I believe that. But wherever he is, God's with him. She said, What are you saying? Well, he said he would be to the end of the world. I said, Karen, is this the end of the world? Well, no, it's not the end of the world. I said, then wherever Lowell is, God's with you. He said, I'll go with you all the way. Even to the end of the world. So this is the love of God. We can't explain it. We can't. Well, actually, everything about God I can't explain. If I, if I was to take... One guy said, I'm having trouble with scriptures in the Bible I don't understand. Uh, and another one said, well, I'll tell you what I'm having trouble with is the ones I do understand. <laughs> when I read that God loves them, you know, there's some things you can't measure. How do you measure the love of God? How do you measure, how do you measure the depth of his riches? How do you measure the depth of his knowledge? How, how far do we go to find out what God knows? God's no older than he was the day he created everything. Matter of fact, he hadn't learned anything since the day he created it all. He already knew. God doesn't know. And nothing has surprised him. Nothing has shocked him. He's never scratched his head. Wonder what, and, I, and I'm going to be a little bold right here. I wonder how much faith God has. All right. How much faith would God need? So when the Bible says have faith in God, some of my preacher about his years ago tried to tell me that that meant have faith of God. The same thing, faith. When, why does God need faith? All right. Where to have faith in God? Right. I can't measure God. I can't. I can't describe God. I can't explain God. But I believe God yes. with all of my heart. Yes. I believe God. I, I trust God. Do you trust Him tonight with all that you have? Could you cast everything upon Him? Even Jesus. Even Jesus prayed, not by will, but thy. He trusted Him. Now listen to this. that you And to know the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. How, how far is that? If you could go to the end of knowledge and look on the other side, that's where... God's love is. It passes knowledge. Now how would you Google that? Some things are just ungoogleable. Really, they are. They just they're unserial. I've got to be careful. They're unseriable. You just you, you just can't measure the love of God. You run out of you run out of line. You run out of tape. You run out of writing. You, you run out of depth. What like they measured the ocean? They, they they I read this years ago. They sent a ship out when they didn't have our modern technology, and they made they're going to measure the ocean in a certain place. And the guy let all his line, every bit of his line out, and and his anchors didn't touch the bottom. And he wrote in his log, "It's this deep here, but it's deeper." Yeah. And the next day he took a bunch more line with him. 
rope or cable, whatever it was, and let it all down. And it's still just dangling in the water. And he wrote down, the ocean in this area is this deep, but it's deeper. And finally, the third day or fourth day, he just said, it's deeper still. Praise God. It was, there's just something. And you go to measuring the love of God and the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God and try to understand and comprehend with all the saints. I mean, all, of, all of our workings together couldn't tell you the love of God. The, measure, the measurement of his love. He said that you may be able to comprehend and to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'll tell you how you can know more about it. Get on your knees at an old-fashioned altar or out in the woods or in your bedroom or you're in your kitchen looking in the dishwater. Just take a look and say, God, how big are you? How much love do you have? How much do you want? And God tell you, I have all love. He is love. There was a young man by the name, brother Shad will know this story probably better than I will, but a young man by the name of Morehouse that was went to uh, Chicago and was going to preach for D.L. Moody. And uh, Moody, I think, was out of town and left the young man there, told his board, just go ahead and let him preach tonight or so. Just, you know, just use him what you feel like. Well, he so impressed everybody the first night that they just kept going to meeting that week, all week. And every night he started with John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he said, I'm going to preach tonight on the love of God. The next night, read the same verse, I'm going to preach tonight on the love of God. And he had everybody on the, I mean, standing up or on the edge of their seats. And uh, he, I mean, when Mr. Moody got home that weekend, they said, Mr. Moody, you've got to hear this guy. So he kept him over the weekend. And he prayed the seventh night. He got up and he said, Mr. Moody was there. And he said, folks, he's just a young guy, Morehouse. Uh, I can't remember his name. Henry. Henry Morehouse, that's right. And he got up on that uh, last night. He said, folks, we're seven nights down. I've been trying to tell you about the love of God. He started off with John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. And he said, but I can't. With my stammering lips, and my feeble vocabulary, my tongue, I cannot tell you. I don't know how to describe to you the love of God. But if I could go back and borrow Jacob's ladder, and I could climb high into the heavens where God dwells, and if I could speak to Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, Gabriel, tell me, how much does God love the world? He said, Gabriel would look at me and say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Brother, I can't measure it. I don't understand it. I don't know it. But I sure like to talk about it. I like to think about it. I like to preach about it. Because God loves me. Even me. He, he came looking for me. When I was on my road to hell, He came looking for me. Can God forgive a sinner? Yes, He can. He forgave me. When I was on my, when I would have died lost and went to hell, He loved me. There was a, uh, a man, and you know, we judge on who should be forgiven and who really shouldn't know who deserves it. All right. Of course, our family, we, we, no matter what they do, we kind of think maybe they 
could deserve it, but a neighbor over there, he don't need it. Yeah. He don't deserve it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he, he stole my cow. He don't need it or whatever. But a young man married a girl out of the church. Out of the church. Come in there and got her. Married her. The church was against it, but they got married. And he started working on her to quit church. I mean, right up just basically. You need to go with me to nightclubs. You need to go with me to the bar rooms. And you just need to quit church. And she wouldn't do it for a long time. But finally, that young lady gave up. And she quit God. She quit the church. And when she did, it just wasn't but just a little while till they had a terrible car accident. And that girl was killed. He lived, but the girl was killed. That young man was so tore up about what had happened. He went back to that church and went to the altar and gave his heart to God. Mm. That's what a lot of people was thinking. And every day he'd take flowers to her grave and he'd kneel down and pray that he was sorry for what he had done. But he got saved. You say, I just don't believe he could. I just don't know. Oh, brother, I don't know if, I, if God forgive that or not. The apostle Paul, known as Saul of Tarsus, was standing there the day they stoned Stephen to death. That's right. And the Saul of Tarsus arrested people with authority from the chief priest and high priest yes. and scribes. He, he arrested people by the order of the Sanhedrin court, called him into prison. He had some killed, and he gave his consent. And that same Saul of Tarsus, on the road to Damascus, according to his own testimony, suddenly there shined a light from heaven. Above the brightness of the sun. Glory. Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? It's hard for you to kick against it. God loved that little runt, four foot six or four foot eleven inch heathen. Saved him. Called him to preach his word. And become one of the greatest apostles that the church has ever known. That's the love of God. You going to explain that to me? We can't forgive. We don't have that kind of love. No. First off, I wouldn't give my son for most of you. Maybe none of you. All right. I'll be honest. I'll tell you, I like you and all that, but to give my boy? No, I'm sorry. But a young man in his prime, in 32, 3, 4 years old, went to Calvary. In the prime of life. And his father. Offered that son as a sacrifice. On Calvary. Romans drove nails. Jews condemned. But this sacrifice. Took the place of Abraham. And that ram that could never. You know why they used animals. In the old Testament. You know why God's law was to use animals. Because no human blood was pure enough. To offer on his altar. And those lambs had to be perfect. And they still wasn't good enough to do it all. But one day there was a lamb. By the name of Jesus Christ. That he lived as a a man. Not a man. But he lived in the flesh as as a man. He was a man. But without sin. And he had the blood. A human that had the blood. 
without sin. Right. And when he offered that to God, God said, that's good enough. I'll forgive them if they'll believe in you. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, we had you had to, you had to live uh, good. You had to uh, oh I don't know if I can say behave, and they was accepted because they'd done things and behaved. Abraham was accepted and accounted of righteousness because he offered his son, and they they had to behave. But in the New Testament, we have to believe, and only in Christ. He is our forgiveness. I'll, I'll preach long enough. You, you, who's going to play my music for me? Since you want to come help me tonight with altar services. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'm sorry. I should have told you before service. I'm sorry. When you, I wish, what time is it? I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I wasn't going to bring this part in right here. But Paul got to write that in his closing, in his closing statements. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. You remember reading that? Because can you can you imagine the adjectives and 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 what he's saying here? He said all this about the love of Christ, the love of God, and that we may be able to comprehend or get a hold of and, and understand God's love. I understand a little bit more about God's love. And then he said, Now unto him that is able, and, and really what he's saying. He's, he, here's the way he's really saying this, if I, except for the adjectives. Here's what he's saying. Now unto him that is able to do that we ask or think. Now unto him that is able to do that we ask or think. But that just didn't sound like that would explain it good enough. So he says, now unto him that is able to do all that we ask or think. You see the power in that? All. But that didn't, it just wasn't enough. No. Now unto him that is able to do above all. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Yes. Above all that we ask or think. And then he said that's just not enough. For now unto him that is able to do abundantly above. And he finally ends up by saying, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And then he says it right. According to what? The power. The what? Working. Where? In us? I feel like that Baptist preacher over there in that foreign country been there 30 some years and sitting there in that one little string of a light bulb right here, just a wire coming down, one light bulb in his whole hut that he lived in, been there 30 some years preaching to the natives, give his life for the gospel of Christ, sitting there reading his Bible, and he, and he read that that he said, uh, I, I live, but yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. He stopped and he said, what? Yeah. Christ liveth in me? Yeah. And he jumped up after 35 years of preaching in a foreign country to in in natives, shouted all the way around his little table, cried, he got plumbing, Christ lives. Do you realize that Christ lives in you? Yes. This is the hope of glory, Christ in you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the love of God right here, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. I may not have told that exactly like I should have or 
plain enough. I hope I told it good enough tonight. But we've got to understand, church, we need the love of Christ. We need to know more about it. And you can't get all of that by just studying. But if you get on your knees before him, he can show you his love. Because he is love. Come on around these altars tonight. If you're here and you're lost, please come. I, I don't want everybody's Christian, but if you're not, please come with us. Let's pray tonight. Come on, church. Oh.